Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show, to chill our spines tonight, Mr. Joseph Kearns. Mr. Kearns started his career out in the film industry in the late 1940s, starring in such movies as The Hucksters, Hard, Fast, and Beautiful, Alice in Wonderland, Day Long Legs, Our Mrs. Brooks, Storm Center, and many others. But what a lot of people remember Mr. Kearns for is his 1959 role in the TV comedy show Dennis the Menace as he played Mr. George Wilson. He also appeared on the Ozzy and Harriet Nelson TV show. But what a lot of Americans may not know is that Mr. Kearns also appeared behind the microphone in such shows as Suspense, The Whistler, and many others. And tonight, Mr. Kearns brings his dramatic acting to the show. In this first episode, Mr. Kearns plays a man named Mr. Bailey. Mr. Bailey is a restaurant owner who is doing very well until an unfortunate person comes in. A horribly disfigured man comes in and drives away the majority of his business. The title of that show is called Short Order. And in this second episode, Mr. Kearns plays a man named Peter Manford. Peter Manford is a very wealthy man who unfortunately had a horrible accident happen to him and tries to drive his niece crazy so that she won't get her inheritance from her father. And the title of that show is called The Shrunken Head and it appeared on the CBS mystery show The Whistler. I hope you guys will enjoy Mr. Joseph Kearns and his performances on the show for tonight. Please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. Now, the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California presents... Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you Short Order. A suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines.
those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness in entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant. As Roma Wines bring you Short Order, a remarkable tale of Suspense. Thank you very, very much, and come back. All right. Bailey's Diner. Oh, this is Mr. Bailey speaking. Oh, I'm sorry, you're just a little late on that. <laughs> yeah, I hired a fry cook day before yesterday. Well, I'm sorry, I've got to tell the newspaper to stop running that ad until this morning. Yeah, I got a good man. No, no, one man's all I need. I have a small place here. <laughs> That's all right. Well, thank you. Bye. Now, you see, Johnson, you better keep on your toes. Plenty of people after your job. If you're not careful, you know. Well, what's the matter? Don't you want to take my money? What? Oh, sure, yes. Uh, uh, of course, that's uh, 75 out of one. Five, one. Thank you. Okay. Johnson, did you see that man's face? You're telling me. Oh, it's enough to haunt your dreams. Kind of made you nervous, did he, Mr. Bailey? Well, it's sort of a shock to look up and see you. Yeah. I noticed you hung kind of close to that gun you keep under the gas register. Oh, did I? <laughs> Automatic reflex, I guess. A poor guy, I ought to be ashamed. Probably got that way in an explosion accident or something. I can't understand it, though. There's no reason for anybody to go around looking like that. Not with the things plastic surgery can do nowadays. I guess he likes his face like Frankenstein. Oh, uh, here you are. Enjoyed that. Oh, thank you. Come back. All right. Yes, sir. <laughs> he liked your cooking, too, Johnson. Two deluxe sandwiches, two coffees. That's not bad, Jim. Right. Well, seems to me business has been picking up ever since you started working here. Just thought you'd like to know. Well, thanks. <laughs> Like this work, Johnson? It'll do. The hours kind of get me sometimes, and when the rush starts in half an hour, I can't pretend I'll be liking it. <laughs> but it's all right. Well, someday you'll have a place of your own, be your own boss. You never get anywhere working for someone else, you know. I'm doing okay now, Mr. Bailey. Oh, sure. You'll never go hungry for lack of a job. You're too good a cook. But I mean your own business. Now, you take me. I'm doing well, even if I do say so. People come here to eat. All right, I see they get it. That makes you feel pretty good having your own place. Makes the saving and all the scraping seem worthwhile. You seem to get the business. Of course, you got a terrific location. Well, this place has a name that means something. At least, uh, I think it has. As a matter of fact, the man was in here trying to buy it just last week. That's so? That's right. Real estate agent. Uh, name is Sloan. Had a customer. Who's his customer? Oh, I don't know, but I, I told him I didn't want to sell... Oh, here, how about opening that refrigerator door for me, will you? Okay. Anyway, thank you. No, no, I'm not going to sell. I couldn't afford to. I'm not in a position to retire, and the way things are, to be too hard to start up somewhere else. Uh-oh, here we go again. Good evening. Yes, Good evening. sir. What'll it be? Oh, I reckon I have a special. Right on. Coming up. Oh, Good evening. Still uh, still chilly out? Ah, yeah, a little. Thought some of your chili would warm me up. <laughs> get it? <laughs> oh, chili, yeah, I get it. That's uh, yeah. very chili good. Chili coming up. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Bailey's place. Oh, Virginia, what's... Uh... What? What? All the windows? Well, who would possibly... 
Well, where were you? Well, why would anyone want... Oh, no, no, no. None of those kids would do a thing like that. No, they're all nice. Hoodlums, I guess. Well, I... I don't know what you can do. No witnesses or anything. Rocks, huh? That's the funniest thing. Well, I guess there's nothing you can do. Well, dear, I wish I could too, but I've got to stay here. Yes, dear. Uh, yeah, uh, goodbye. Bad news, Mr. Bailey? The darndest thing. Some hoodlums or somebody just broke every window in my house. I don't know what to... Hey, hey, Bailey. This a new kind of bread you got here? Better than usual. Oh, you like it? Yeah. Well, it costs a little more. But... Good, uh... Good evening. Hello. Good Lord. Yes, sir. What'll it be? Hamburger and coffee. Yeah, right. How do you have the hamburger? Well done. Cream in the coffee? No. Black. Uh, right. Hey. Hey, Bailey, come here a minute, will you? Uh, yes, sir. Pardon me. Pardon me. Hey. Did you see the face on that fellow who came in here a minute ago? Yes, I did. It's, uh, it's pretty bad, isn't it? Bad? I'll say. Boy, I can stand a lot of things, but that gets me. Well, I've left half my meal on my plate. Oh, I was enjoying myself until that came in and sat over there, and huh, then I didn't want anything anymore. That's, that's too bad. Look, don't pay, don't pay. Oh, no, no, it's not your fault. Maybe mine. Hey, how do you suppose he got that way? Oh, burn, perhaps. Maybe huh. some other kind of accident. I wouldn't know. Gee, that's the worst I ever saw. Well, it's too bad whatever happened. Oh, sure is. Yeah. It certainly is. Too bad. Hey, you. Uh-oh. Catch you. Okay. Here you are. What? This little paper cup? Where's the bottle? Uh, I'm sorry, but ketchup's hard to get. That's all we can serve anybody. Profiteers. Well, will there be anything more? No. Okay, a check. Pay at the desk. Thank you. Mr. Bailey. Yes, Johnson? How's your luck? Oh, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Why? The way I figure, somebody around here is sure going to need plenty of luck. Why? I don't know. I just got a feeling. If that isn't bad luck sitting back there at the counter, I'll eat this grill here. And I never saw a recipe for making a steel grill tender. We better order some more of everything for tomorrow, Mr. Bailey. Oh, running low, are we, Johnson? A little. If they keep hitting the barbecues the way they have so far this evening, I'm sure we'll be needing it. All right, I'll I'll make a note of it. Lucky we got any unspoiled meat left after that guy who was in here twice yesterday. I thought the milk had sour. Bingo, just like that when he looked at it. Yeah, but it didn't. Ah, now, Johnson, you shouldn't talk like that. He can't help it. You know he can't. We should feel sorry for him, not, not joke about it. Uh, I'm sorry. Sure, you gotta have sympathy for a guy like that. Just the same, I hate to look at it. Well, I guess we'll have to look at it some more. I think he's coming up to the door right now. Uh... Oh, uh, good evening. Hello? Yes, sir. What'll it be? Hamburger and coffee. Make the coffee black. Uh, right. Make that hamburger well done. Okay. Oh, good evening. Good evening. Yes, sir. What for you? Why, I think I'll have... Holy... How's that? Uh-uh. Nothing. Nothing at all. Oh, in fact, I... 
No, I, I don't want anything. I just remembered uh, an appointment. Just uh, forget it. Well, what do you know? Your hamburger, mister. And your coffee. Ketchup, please. Okay. Still no bottle? No bottle. I'm sorry. Here. You go buy an extra bottle and put it back on the shelf. Just for me. You're going to eat here some more? Yeah, I like this place. Go on, take that and see that you get some good ketchup, too. Well, it ain't that, mister. It ain't the money. But, well, you can't buy the stuff when they don't stock it. Well, you better ask Mr. Bailey. Uh, Mr. Bailey. Yes, Johnson? Well, you tell him. I just gave your man some money to buy a bottle of ketchup. But he doesn't want to take it. Well, you see, sir, it's not that we can't afford to buy ketchup. No, indeed, we want to please the customer. Something a lot of people seem to have forgotten how to do nowadays. Ketchup is very hard to get just now, and we have to ask our customers to bear with us. No, no, you you keep your money. I like plenty of ketchup. Nothing like ketchup, I always say. Well, there ought to be enough in that paper cup, won't that do you? No, not quite. Any chance of a refill? I'm oh, afraid that's all we can allow. Gentleman says he's going to eat here regular. Hey, what? I said the oh, gentleman... just a moment. Uh, good evening. Hello, how are you? Could I do something for you? Well, I sort of thought I... Uh, oh, no. No. No, thank you. I... Well, uh, we uh, hadn't finished our discussion. Yeah. As I was saying, Mr. Bailey, it... It looks like we got ourselves a regular customer. Three evenings now that he's been eating here, Johnson. I wish you'd take a look at the figures. Now, take last night. Ordinarily, there'd be 10 to $20 worth of business just between 6 to 6.30 alone. From 6 to 10, how much? One dollar and thirty-five cents worth. Yeah, I know. Some of them won't even order. Some of them take a few bites and quit. Well, at least it's not the food. We can be thankful for that. Hey, tell me, Johnson, how can you stand it over there in front of him all the time? Well, mostly I keep looking someplace else. That's why I took down the mirror. For a while, I thought I'd just work along and not look at him. But I couldn't help looking in the mirror every now and then. So I think maybe the customers could stand it better without the glass, too. If they get to the sitting down stage, yeah. Yeah, if they do. Well, anyway, I took it down. Well, it might help if he didn't get up every now and then and walk over to the door to look out. People can't help seeing him, man. Takes him a long time to eat, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Say, I've got an idea. What's that? Well, when he comes in... Uh-oh. Uh, uh, evening. Hello. Yes, sir? The usual. Right. Oh, uh, uh, by the way, Mr., uh, uh, what, what's your name? Uh, well, as I was saying, neighbor, we, uh, we make a practice here for our special customers. Not just anybody, mind you, but our, our very special customers of, of, of sending meals out. Now, I was thinking, since you become one of our regular customers, that perhaps you'd appreciate it if I'd send your evening meal over to you every day at your, your room. <laughs> uh, well, how does that strike you? No, thanks. Rather eat here. Well, but we don't have any comfortable chairs, no jukebox, no radio. That's okay. Don't miss them anyway. Well, it's not very comfortable. A lot of food odor in the air. You know, sometimes I get sick of it myself. I like it. Not too many people around. Nice place. Suits me. Oh, then you're not interested. That's the idea. 
Hamburger and coffee. How about the... Uh... Yeah, the ketchup. Here it is. Good. Nothing like ketchup, I always say. Oh, by the way... Yeah? Look for me about noon tomorrow. I think I'll be taking lunch with you from now on every day. Suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you a cast of Hollywood's outstanding radio actors in short order by John F. Souter. Roma Wines' presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Between the acts of Suspense, this is Ted Myers for Roma Wines. Elsa Maxwell is an acknowledged expert on the niceties of dining and entertaining. Recently, she said, Gracious little touches can do so much to make meals more enjoyable. Dine by subdued light. If possible, adjust radio or phonograph for soft, mellow music. And as the crowning touch, serve well-chilled Roma California Sauterne. A most excellent idea from Miss Maxwell. Good Roma Sauterne is pale gold delightful in bouquet, and even more important, exquisite in taste. Created in the Roma tradition, Roma Sauterne is always unvaryingly good. The goodness of luscious grapes selected at peak of flavor richness in sunny California's choicest vineyards. Carefully pressed, then unhurriedly, guided to perfection by the ancient wine skill of Roma's famed wineries. Good Roma wines are always delicious, yet cost only pennies a glass. Remember, because of uniformly fine quality at reasonable cost, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. R-O-M-A. Roma Wines. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage... Joseph Kearns as Bailey, Conrad Binion as his assistant Johnson, and Gerald Moore as the stranger in short order. A play well calculated to keep you in suspense. Oh, frankly, Johnson, I'm at my wit's end. What are we going to do? Oh, I don't know. I got no more ideas. Two weeks now, and we're losing money every day. I could cook it so I wouldn't want to eat it. Yes, but you've tried that, haven't you? Twice. It didn't work. Mm, that's right. Well, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, just a minute. Okay, I'll check on the bun supply. Yeah. Hello, Bailey's place. Oh, yeah. Here, dear. Oh, no. Well, you must have misplaced it, honey. If you look... Every place, huh? Well, how much was in it? Oh, no. Well, what are we going to do for the rest of the week? Well, I can't, honey. I really can't. Oh, about three bucks or something. I don't know. But I know it has just dropped off to nothing during the last week. Oh, no, no. He's fine. Now, don't say that, honey. Nothing the matter with Johnson. And I'm not going to get a new cook. What? Well, I haven't told you, but... I... Well, why don't you cut down on a few things once in a while? 
Oh. Johnson, is there any aspirin back there? Yeah, yeah. Want the bottle? Yes, my head's splitting. Oh, here it is. Oh, thanks. Here he is. Now, look, I got an idea. You back me up? Oh, what is it? Well, I'll try it, and if you don't like it, don't say nothing. Oh. Hello. Like I say, Mr. Bailey, this kid was a pretty game fighter. He didn't have a thing but a hard Mind if I butt in? So... I'd like to eat. You, you bring your lunch with you? What's that? If you brought your lunch, okay. Lay it on the counter and eat it. Don't be funny, Johnson. Bring me the usual. I got other things to do. What other things? I don't see any other customers. You want me to call the boss? Look, mister, I don't like you, see? And I'm tired of seeing you around. You go someplace else and eat. We'll see about that. Hey, Bailey. Yes, sir? What can I do for you? This moron you call a cook says he won't serve me. Yes? I'll do something about it. What do you want me to do? Tell him to serve me or else you'll have to fire him. Johnson's a good cook. Good cooks are scarce nowadays. What is this? Are you standing up for him? I just told you, good cooks are hard to get. What about customers? Well, it's too bad, but I mean... I see. Well, look, both of you. I came in here to get something to eat, and I'm going to get it. If I have to sit here all night. Suit yourself? Yes. If I... I'll get it. Hello, Bailey's Place. Yes, dear, I am busy. What? Wrecked. Where? Were you in it? Were you hurt? Parked in front of the house. Oh, I don't know what's happening, Virginia. It seems every time I... Well, of course, dear, I'm glad you were in the house. How bad was it? Almost a complete wreck. Well, could they find out anything from the driver of the other car? I mean... Did he have any insurance? No, they never do, do they? Huh? Oh, no, I'm all right, dear. I'm... About going out of my mind is all. It's getting so I'm afraid to answer this telephone. Well, we'll just have to do without a car, that's all. I'm sorry, dear. All right. Yeah, all right. Goodbye. Hey, Mr. Bailey. Yes? What's the matter, Mr. Bailey? Bad news? Wrecked my car. Right in front of my own house. Of course, he had no insurance, no money to pay for it. That's tough. Yeah, that is tough. Him. Yeah. Him. Look at him. Still sitting there, waiting. I'll have to think of something, but just now I can't seem to think at all. I'm stopped, too. Boy, you sure get the luck, don't you? No, it's a matter. I never used to have luck like this. It's just lately. Just since... Just since he started coming in here. Yeah, it could be. Looked like bad news right from the start to me. There he sits. We could get him out of here once and for all. Hey, wait a minute. Go to the door and see if Ryan's inside. If he is, go and call him, will you? I wouldn't do... Okay. Yeah, right outside. Oh, Ryan! Would you come here a minute? Okay. Uh, Mr. Bailey wants to see you. Oh, what can I do for you, Mr. Bailey? You see that man sitting at the counter? I want him either arrested or thrown out of here. I I don't care which. That's so? Giving you trouble, is he? Hey, you. You talking to me? Nobody else. Come here. What do you want? Oh, Mr. Bailey, what's the charge? The the charge? Well, making a nuisance of himself. What's this? All I do is come in here to eat, and I'm making a nuisance of myself. I don't get it. Well, look at him, Ryan. I am. Not very pretty, is he? Officer of the law doesn't give you the right to criticize a man's face. All right. Sorry, mister. 
Hello, Mr. Well, Berry. Every day he comes in here, two or three times. I can't get anybody else to come near the place while he's here. He stays and he stays. He drives most of my business away. I have to eat. Same as anybody else. Will he do anything bad? Get tough? Insult people? Disturb the peace? Well, no. All I do is come in here and eat. Look, we reserve the right to refuse service to any customer. I don't know now, Mr. Bailey. It's all very well, but technically speaking... What do you mean? He means that even if you don't like it, you can't run me out if I mind my own business. He means you can't run me out if I ask you to serve me. Huh? How about that? Well... And if I ask for something to eat and offer your money for it, you've got to sell it to me. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, you'd better... Or I'll have you in court before you know it. Brady's right about that, Mr. Bailey. Oh. All right. Sorry I can't help you, Mr. Bailey. Is there anything else? No, no. Well, I'll be getting on then. All right. Well, how about it? All right, all right. Go on, go on. Sit down, sit down. Johnson, get him what he wants. Okay. I'm not going to answer it. I'm not going to answer it. Mr. Bailey, the phone, you busted it. Hey, Mr. Bailey, put that gun down. What are you going to do? You'll see. Now, look here, you. I can be pushed just so far. Now, either you get out of this place and don't come back, or as sure as I'm standing here, I'm going to pull this trigger. Go away. I'm hungry. I'm not kidding. You hear what I said? I hear you. Now, go away. I'll count three. One. Go away. Two. Three. Black. Huh. I can't believe it. I shot you point blank. Huh. Good Lord. Don't forget the ketchup, you. the lay of the place now, Mr. Tanner. You figure on making any changes? No, no. Bailey had a good thing here. Better leave it just the way it was. We'll hold the trade easier if we do. How did he seem when the deal was closed? I can't say. Let the lawyers handle everything. He took a beating on the deal, or I don't know you. <laughs> oh, no, not too much. I figure he recovered about 70% of his investment. It was lucky. I felt sorry for him. You didn't talk to him at all, huh? No, no. Didn't even see him. You think he'd know you, even without the makeup? Maybe. Oh, you taking chances, huh? Lucky I changed the bullets in that gun for blanks, or you'd be a dead pigeon. Yes, I'm glad I foresaw that possibility. You might say I saved your life, huh? You might. Don't worry, Johnson, you'll be taken care of. I'm not worrying. I never had reason to yet, have I? No, but just for your information, Johnson, we haven't committed any crime. We didn't take this place away from Bailey by force. We didn't swindle him. I paid money right on the line for it. Just remember that. Oh, I will. Uh, customer. Uh, Mr. Bailey, come right in. Hello, Johnson. C come on, have a seat. Or, oh, uh, by the way, you you know Mr. Tanner, don't you? He, he bought the place. No, I've never met him. Glad to know you. A pleasure, Mr. Bailey. Well, there's something familiar about you. Maybe I did meet you someplace before. Oh, I was in once or twice. Looked the place over before I had Sloan talk to you. Oh, yeah, that's it, huh? How are you, uh, how are you making out? Uh, just getting started. Uh, I'm sort of breaking Mr. Tanner in, you might say. Well, I hope you have better luck than I did. I was doing fine until a, a certain man started coming in. Johnson knows the man, I mean. Uh, has he been in today, Johnson? No. It's 
funny. He stopped coming in as soon as you left. Is that so? This man... Well, it's a wonder I have any mind left. Tell the truth, I'm not even sure I do. Uh, Mr. Bailey, will, would you let me fix you something while you're here? Huh? Oh, no, thanks. No, 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 I'm not hungry. We got some good steak. Steak? No kidding. <laughs> no, thanks, Johnson. Not even any steak. Okay, you're the boss. Boss? No, not anymore. Would like to step behind the counter one last time, just to sort of look around. You uh, don't mind, do you, Mr. Tanner? Oh, come right oh, ahead. Oh, thanks. Well, you haven't uh, changed anything, I see. Not a thing. We intend to operate the same way you did. I think it'll pay. Thanks for the compliment. Hope you don't draw my luck. Uh, how about some coffee, Mr. Bailey? You look tired. Coffee? Well, that sounds like a good idea. I don't mind if I do. Uh, yours is cream and sugar, right? No, no, thanks. I'll take it black this time. <coughs> Say, coffee is scalding. Yeah, I forgot to cut the burner back, and that whole tankful is plenty hot. Well, it's it's too hot for me just now. I'll have to let it cool off. I'll take one last look. <laughs> Things I won't be seeing for a while. Buns, butter pats, coffee cream. <laughs> it's funny how you miss things like these. Mustard and ketchup. Ketchup? Where'd you get all this ketchup, Johnson? Why, I... I ordered them. Ordered them? Well, so did I, but I never even got a look at a bottle of ketchup. You're, you're lucky. Yeah, well, all in knowing how, I guess. Yes, I guess you're right. I rather like it myself. You know, nothing like ketchup, I always say. What? I said I... I'm rather fond of ketchup and... Fond of ketchup? Ketchup? I think I know who you are now, Tanner. I think I know who you are. That face. Sure, that face. Makeup, wasn't it? That face. And Johnson had to be in on it, too, with you, didn't he? Johnson helped you, didn't he, Tanner? He fixed the gun, didn't he? Didn't he, Tanner? Uh, Bailey, wait a minute. You admit it. I'm telling you the truth. Isn't that so, Tanner? Hey, Bailey. Hey, Bailey, stop. Hold him up, Mr. Tanner. I'll get a cop. Hey, please. Quiet, help. Coffee. Coffee. You always take it black. Don't you? Ah! What's this? Oh, it's all right, Ryan. There's nothing wrong, Ryan. Nothing really wrong. That's not his real face, Ryan. He likes it that way. Don't let him fool you. Well, what else do you want? Oh, yes, ketchup. Plenty of ketchup. Nothing like ketchup, I always say. <laughs> Wines have brought you Short Order with Joseph Kearns, Conrad Binion, and Gerald Moore as stars of tonight's study in Suspense. This is Ted Myers with a word for Roma Wines, the sponsor of Suspense. During the warm weather, nothing tastes quite so good as a tall, frosty Roma wine and soda. And as Elsa Maxwell recently remarked, Serving Roma wine and soda is smart 1945-style hospitality. You'll find this delightful ice drink as refreshing as it is delicious. Yes, and Roma wine and soda is so easy to prepare. Half-fill tall glasses with Roma, California Burgundy, or Sauterne. Add ice cubes and a bit of sugar. And for a decorative touch, garnish with cherries or fruit. And for a delightful aperitif, Sip delicious Roma sweet vermouth, well chilled. <laughs> 
zestful, full-flavored Roma Vermouth, both sweet and dry, is blended and developed with all the traditional wine-making skill of Roma wineries. Is made and bottled in the heart of California's famous vineyards, yet surprisingly low-priced. Try Roma Vermouth soon, won't you? Ladies and gentlemen, next Thursday, you will hear Dane Clark as star of Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Wait a minute. Have you heard the whistler? If you could look upon Charlie as I do, you'd realize he's inanimate, dead, with no power to harm. That was old Peter Medford, the jungle explorer, now confined to a wheelchair with paralysis. I would suggest that you leave this place at once, Miss Medford. At once. That was Clay Alden, Peter Medford's secretary. And this is Marie, Peter Medford's young niece. No, no, no. It's no dream. It's here. Here in my room. Saturday night, and CBS presents another in the new mystery series, The Whistler. And I, The Whistler, know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales, many secrets hidden in the hearts of men and women who've stepped into the shadows. I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. And so I tell you tonight the strange mystery of the shrunken head. In the quickening darkness of a stormy fall evening... A young girl paces the deserted platform of a small suburban railroad station. From her anxious attitude, we know that she's waiting for someone. But just be patient, Miss Medford. There is someone coming to meet you. <laughs> he has just now driven up. He's coming through the station door, walking up behind you. Miss Medford? Oh. Oh, yes, I... Sorry to have kept you waiting. I'm Clay Alden. Oh, yes. Uncle Peter has mentioned you in his letters. Uh, his secretary, aren't you? That's right. Where is my uncle? He was disappointed he couldn't meet you. Pretty much of a task for the old gentleman to get around these days. You see, he's confined to a wheelchair. Oh, I didn't know. Serious? Legs are paralyzed. Result of jungle fever. Just came on him lately. How awful. Yes, it's a shame, all right. Well, shall we get going? Car's out front. Better run for it or you'll get wet. Yes. I'll take care of your luggage. Thank you very much. 
disappointing reception, Marie Medford, wouldn't you think? You have come over 2,000 miles all by yourself just to see the only living relative you have in the world. And then you are met by a stranger. The car turns up the tree-lined driveway. This Marie is what is known in this countryside as Medford Manor. Yes, Medford Manor. It's all that the name implies. A gloomy pile of a structure, even made gloomier by the blackness of the night and the driving rain. Oh, someone has heard the car approach. The door is open. It's the butler, Victor. Well, Marie, are you going in? <laughs> what a pity you don't know what I do. You'd never cross that threshold if you did. Hmm. Too late now. Your luggage is being brought in. The young man and the butler stand beside you. The door closes. Victor? Yes? Take Miss Medford's luggage upstairs to the south corner bedroom. The south corner bedroom, sir? Certainly. Why not? Very good, sir. Um, any further instructions? No. Oh, uh, has Mr. Medford retired yet? Uh, not yet, sir. He's in his study. I I just gave him his... Uh, his warm milk. He may have dozed off, sir. All right. Thank you, Victor. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Would you care to follow Victor to your room, Miss Medford? I'd like to see my uncle now, if I could, please. Very well. Come this way. Here we are. I'll speak to him. Wait here, please. Marie, how do you like it? You get a feeling of something not as it should be? <laughs> Strange fellow, this clay. And the butler, too. Uh, look about you. What a depressing house. Huge and cold and unfriendly. Hmm. Not at all as you'd imagined it. <laughs> Is it, Marie? Your uncle will see you now. Thank you. Marie, my dear child, come in, come in, come in. Uncle. Well, well, my oh. poor child, take off those wet things at once. Holden, what's the matter with you? My niece will catch her death. Help her off of those things. Sorry, Mr. Medford. Thank you. Bless my soul, pretty as the picture. You got a kiss for us? Of course. <laughs> That's it. Now you sit down here beside oh, me. I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't meet you, my dear, but I, I'm afraid the ravages of old age and malaria have finally caught up with me. My one comfort is this wheelchair. Getting onto it, though, you should see me wheeling all over the house. <laughs> the only thing that baffles me is the stairs. My life is now confined to the first floor only. Oh, pretty bad trip, wasn't it? Seemed endless. Well, you're here now, thank goodness. This is your home. You're free to come and go and do whatever you please. Thank you, Uncle Peter. Don't suppose any of this is what you imagined? I know that I'm different from what I'd hoped you'd find. <laughs> Tell me, Uncle Peter, do you think you'd have recognized me if you hadn't known I was coming? Recognize you? Why, of course. You have the family of Medford written all over you. Oh. No mistaking you, my dear. Well, Alden, what are you standing there for? What are you staring at? Oh, Waiting to see if you need anything for this. No, 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 no. That's all. I'll ring for you if I need you. Yes, sir. Oh, I forgot to thank him. For what? He gets paid for whatever he does. 
Forgive me for saying this, but somehow I don't like that young man. Was he rude to you? Oh, no, not actually. But he seems to resent my being here. And the butler, he seems resentful, too. I feel as though I don't belong. Oh, they're harmless enough. But getting back to you, I... I was so sorry I was in South America at the time... The time it happened. Must have been pretty ghastly for you, my child. Like a nightmare, Uncle Peter. I'm not myself yet. I should think not. An only child losing both parents so suddenly and... And so horribly. Maybe it was a good thing it was sudden. It had to happen at all. One spectator at the crash said that they never... Never knew what happened. Oh, no, 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 no. You mustn't talk about it. All that's behind you. A new life from now on, hmm? Of That's the way I want to look at it, Uncle Peter. And I'd like to get something to do. What? Oh, no. Oh, yes, really, I would. I want to be active if I can. I'm quite capable. I'd really like to get a... A job, Uncle Peter. Well, bless my soul. Secretarial work or anything. Well, that, that might not be a bad idea. It'll keep you from brooding. We'll see what we can do. And now, now I have a little surprise for you. You haven't seen my collection. No, I haven't. Mother and father often talked about it. Well, if you'll just open that door over there, I'll show some of it to you. Oh. This one? That's right. Uh, you'll find the light switch just inside. Wow. It's a regular museum. All these glass cases. Over here, my dear. Now, look at these. Well, what do you think of them? Well, well, they're horrible, Uncle Peter. They look like... like tiny human heads. Well, that's exactly what they are. Life-size at one time, but isn't it remarkable the way they shrink them down? Look at this one. See his little features? Perfect in every detail. He's my favorite. Interesting history about him. He was once a white man. Oh. Forced down in the South American jungle when his plane cracked up. The headhunters got hold of him, and there he is. His name is Charlie. And like to see him closer? I can unlock the case. No, no, please. Do you mind if I don't look anymore? Oh. Dear, I, I keep forgetting people are sometimes shocked by these things. I see them only through a collector's eyes. Oh, well, you'll have lots of time to look over my jungle paraphernalia. Meanwhile, perhaps you'd better get some rest. Would you like Victor to get you something to eat? No, thank you, Uncle Peter. But I am rather tired. I, I think I'll say goodnight to you. Know your way about, do you? Yes, I'll, I'll find my ring. Good night, Uncle Peter. Good night, my sweet child. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Poor Marie. Know something? You're going to have dreams tonight. Unpleasant ones, too. <laughs> Well, let's move the clock ahead and go to Marie's bedroom. It's a little after three in the morning. She's asleep now. The rain's still coming down. The wind moans outside. Hear it? Yes, Marie's asleep. Looks peaceful enough lying there in that big four-poster bed. But suddenly she begins to toss. Mm. Oh, my name's Charlie. Mm. My name's Charlie. My name's Charlie. No, no, no. Oh, 
so real. I'm sure I heard it whisper. My name's Charlie. Only the wind. Oh, I wish I hadn't seen that dreadful thing. Miss Medford, are you all right? Who's there? Cleoli. Oh. Oh, yes, Mr. Alden. I, uh... I just had a bad dream, that's all. I'm quite all right, thank you. Well, if you need anything, just ring. Yes, I will. Sorry I disturbed you. Not at all. Oh, I... I must get some sleep. Stop dreaming. But little sleep for you, Marie. <laughs> the moments tick by with dreadful slowness. Fearing to close her eyes, she lies staring at the roof of her bed, lying in agony for the moment when that hideous little head will again come floating in through space. <laughs> morning now, a dreary fog still hovers depressingly over the old house, a cold clamminess which only adds to Marie's sensation of uneasiness. In the dismal morning room, Victor is serving breakfast to Clay Alden and Marie. Shame you didn't rest well last night, Miss Medford. Oh, it's just the newness of everything. I'll get used to it, Victor. I hope you will, Miss. Of course you will. Oh, and Mr. Alden... Um, don't mention anything to my uncle about that silly dream I had last night. Oh, of course not. Did you have a bad night, miss? Yes. The daytime makes such a difference in things. Even you seem different, Mr. Alden. For the better, I trust. Oh, sorry. That wasn't very complimentary. Oh, here comes Uncle. Well, good morning, you two. Good morning, Mr. Medford. Morning, Uncle Peter. You look quite fit this morning, sir. Feeling splendidly. Had the best night's sleep, and I don't know how long. And how are you feeling, my child? Quite well, thank you, Uncle. Oh, uh, you remember our conversation of last evening? I mean, about you wanting to do something? Yes. I think I've got it for you. A friend of mine named Phineas Drake collects books, just purchased the library complete, wants someone to catalog it for him. Small pay, but not too difficult. Well, how does it sound to you? Oh, it sounds wonderful. It's just what I want. <laughs> Splendid. I'll call him again after breakfast. Can you imagine such an ambitious young girl, Alden? Wants to work, and she's only worth a cool million. Oh, not yet I'm not, Uncle Peter. Well, whenever you become of age, or whatever it said in your father's will. I thought you knew what it said. I won't inherit my cool million until I'm married. What was that, Miss Method? You see, right away you put notions into his head. She said she won't come into her inheritance until she marries. Why her father made that strange provision, I shall never know. But, Marie, you stay your distance from this young man. Oh, Uncle Peter, you're making him embarrassed. <laughs> Can't an old man have his little joke? Anyway, with all the eligible young men you'll meet, poor Alden won't stand a chance. <laughs> oh, Peter, please. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right. Victor, uh, where are my eggs? Right here, sir. Oh, yes, soft-boiled eggs. Wretched diet. <sighs> Tell me, my dear. Did you find your room comfortable? Oh, yes, it's a lovely room. It's almost like a castle. Oh, I miss my old room. The one next to yours. I haven't been up there in over a month. One day soon, I'll have Victor and Alden carry me up those stairs just to see if the place looks the same. Victor, serve my niece some more coffee. Yes. Yes, of course, sir. (laughs) 
going to have something to do, eh? Well, you're an intelligent girl. Should do well at your new assignment. It's harder work than you thought, though. Hours of scanning small print and copying down the individual histories of countless books. All goes well for several weeks. And then early one afternoon, you return home, Marie, to find your uncle as usual in his study. Why are you so upset, Marie? <laughs> uncle Peter? Marie! Well, you're home early. You're not finished already. Finished as far as Mr. Phineas Drake is concerned. I can't understand it. I've done my work well. This afternoon, Mr. Drake came to me and said he had no further use for my services. What? Didn't explain why, just... Just looked at me queerly and said he preferred someone else to finish the job. Well, that's strange. Oh, well, he's an old crank. Don't let this upset you. We'll find something else for you to do. No, 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 no. Don't you worry. But what's, what's wrong with my work, Mr. Palanto? Surely it's been satisfactory. Well, you see, because of the uh, peculiar nature of my profession, I, I must have someone more experienced. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss Medford. But I didn't, Professor Handy. I did exactly as you instructed. What on earth is wrong? <clears throat> uh, you'll excuse me, Miss Medford, but uh, well, your ability as an assistant has not come up to standard. Listen, Dr. Humphrey, I've studied botany, and I've checked this manuscript most carefully. There's not a single mistake. Very sorry, Miss Medford, but they're not all acceptable. Have to get someone else. Why, I just can't understand it, Uncle Peter. Is there something wrong with me? Well, I, I shall certainly call Dr. Humphrey right away. Oh, no. No, I'd rather you didn't. But it was only the other day he telephoned me and said what an efficient secretary he thought you were. Something wrong somewhere. Oh, you, you know, Marie, I, I think I'd give up this idea of wanting to work. I haven't mentioned it to you, but you're really not looking your best lately. Well, to tell the truth, Uncle, I... I haven't been sleeping well. I had the most frightening nightmares. In fact, it's the same dream every night. Well, that's odd. What's the dream about? Well, I, uh, I keep seeing that little head. The one you said was called Charlie. Oh, dear. I, I suppose I made a mistake showing that to you on your first night. If you could only look upon Charlie as I do, you'd realize it is an animate dead with no power at all to do you harm. You build up a phobia about that head. Now, the thing to do is to destroy that fear by facing it. You come along with me, my dear. You mean in there again? It's the only way. Now, come along. Oh, no, Uncle Peter. I know what I'm doing. Open that door, Marie. I'm going to make you realize how foolish you've been. Over here, my dear. Oh, I know you think I'm being cruel, but I know my psychology. I... Why, that's strange. What is it, Uncle Peter? Why, somebody's broken into this case. Ring for Victor and get Alden here at once. Is something missing? Somebody has deliberately taken that head. 
<laughs> so Charlie is missing, eh? Wonder who could have broken the lock and lifted the little head from its black velvet pad. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> but now, several nights have passed. Still, the head called Charlie has not reappeared. Marie has just taken a sedative her Uncle Peter gave her and is now lying on her bed, tossing fretfully, praying for sleep. <laughs> sleep, Marie. Tonight? Oh, dear heaven. No dreams tonight. Let me get some sleep. My name's Charlie. No. My name's Charlie. No. No. Yes, Marie. Open your eyes and look at me. No. You're holding me in your hands, Marie. Why they discharged me? But how did they know? 
What did I do that would give evidence? Perhaps, perhaps you do things you're not aware of. Maybe I do. Seems the only logical answer. Oh, Uncle Pete. What's to become of me? Now, 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 we'll work this out together, my dear child. No one will ever know. You can depend upon me. I won't leave you. From tonight on, I shall be taken upstairs and I'll stay near you. Knowing that which afflicts us gives us a weapon with which to fight it. Just you rely upon me, my dear. Uncle night, I guess, after your nightmare. Yes, I'm convinced now that that's all it was. I'm not so sure. What? When you threw Charlie to the floor, a piece of his ear broke off. I found it after you went downstairs. Here, here it is. It's Charlie's ear, all right? I checked it very carefully. Oh, no, this doesn't make sense. Did you ring for me, miss? No, no, Victor, no, I... I didn't ring. Oh, sorry, miss. Excuse me. Miss Bedford, you're in grave danger. You've got to leave this house as quickly as you can and never come back. What's going on in here? Uncle. What was that I heard you telling my niece, Clay? I said she should leave this house and never come back. All the impudence. Alden, explain yourself. I'll be glad to, sir. I think Miss Medford is in danger of losing her sanity as well as her life. What is all this poppycock? Are you trying to frighten my niece? Lord knows she's been through enough She's been through too much. If she weren't made of pretty stout stuff, she'd have been a gibbering idiot by this time. Alden, you're packing your things and leaving at once. Leaving? I'm afraid you're wrong, sir. I'm not leaving. Not yet. Maybe you're leaving. Now, Mr. Alden, what's the meaning of this? I'm sorry to break it to you this way, but I'm definitely convinced your uncle is a diabolical fiend. I can take so much and no more. Look here, Alden. If you know what's good for you, you'll leave here at once. At once, you hear? You're pretty anxious to get rid of me, but it's too late. Miss Medford, you remember your father's will. You'd come into your money only if you married. Well, if you didn't marry, Uncle Peter would get the money. And if he could prove you were insane, you'd never be able to marry. You see how it all works out? Well, how dare you, Mr. Listen Alden? Listen to that maniac. Listen to me, Miss Medford. Your uncle, your loving uncle, was the one who telephoned your employers and told them you were crazy. Phineas Drake and all the others told me so today. I don't believe lies, it. Lies, lies, Why, your uncle even told me you were crazy. I know what's happened. He himself smashed the lock and took the head from its case and planted it last night in your room. If you'll stand on a chair and look above your bed as I did this afternoon, you'll see a small radio loudspeaker. It's hooked up to a microphone in the back stairs hallway. The voice you heard was your Uncle Peter. I don't believe you. Last night, after you came out in the hallway, your Uncle Peter grabbed up the head, stepped out onto that balcony, and climbed down the vines to his study. Why, he's as mad as a March hare. How could I possibly be a party to such a monstrous plot? Why, I can't even walk. Look, look at this ear, a piece of Charlie's ear. I found it in Marie's room. That proves she wasn't dreaming, and it fits perfectly. I've tried it. Why, you... Give me that ear. Give it to me! Uncle Peter, you're walking. Give it to me! Uh, look at him, Marie, standing unaided. Does that prove anything to you? Uncle Peter. Oh, then it's true. All right. All right, it's true. I can walk. But you are insane, Marie. Insane. 
You'll never marry anyone, Marie. I'll see to that. Victor, grab him. Don't move, Mr. Medford. Easy now. Don't believe what Holden says. You're crazy, Marie. There's no escaping it. You'll have those dreams, and Charlie will visit you every night. You'll hear him saying, My name's Charlie. My name's Charlie. My name's Charlie. Hold him, Victor. Got him, sir. I think you're the one who's crazy, Medford. Maybe that could be proved. Take your hands off me. Take it easy now, Mr. Medford. Take it easy. There's nothing wrong with me. You know it. Is the car ready, Victor? Yes, it's ready. Come in, gentlemen. These are the officers. Yeah, then you'd better take him away. Yes, sir. Please come quietly, Mr. Metcalf. I'm not crazy. I'm not. Hello. You're lying. I'm lying. Lying. You hear? You're lying. I... I'm terribly sorry about this, Marie. Terribly sorry. But it's all for the best. But how can it be for the best? What well, think what this means. He's my father's brother, and if he's insane, then... Then it means that I might be too... No, no, don't worry, Marie. Don't worry, you're safe. You're perfectly normal, I know. No? Yes. You see, he wasn't your real uncle. He was your father's foster brother. I found proof. So you see, you've nothing, nothing in the world to fear. How do you know that? Someday, Marie, I'll tell you all about it. Tomorrow, maybe. Why don't you tell her now, Clay? Tell her why you were working as Peter Medford's secretary. Because your father was Peter's partner. His partner. That your father was ruined in business by Peter and killed himself. Killed himself in disgrace. That you suspected him of having cheated your father. That you came to find the evidence and discovered in time Peter's diabolical plan to prevent Marie from ever marrying. Better tell her, Clay. <laughs> I would. <laughs> CBS has presented The Whistler. Columbia Square in Hollywood. Next week, same time. I, the Whistler, will return to tell you the strange story of the curse. Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That does it for Mr. Joseph Kearns and his two performances on the show to chill our spines tonight. I hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast so far. If you like it, please comment and subscribe. You can subscribe now available on Apple, Google, Spotify, CastBox, Podcast Addicts, 
and many other podcast platforms. Just type in the search engine mystery and comedy old time radio podcast and it should pull my podcast right up join me tomorrow afternoon as i bring to the show mr and mrs ozzy and harriet nelson and tomorrow night guys please welcome to the show to chill our spines in our final performance for this past Tuesday's performance, guys, Miss Ellen Drew and Miss Maureen O'Hara in the last rows of summer. I want to thank everybody who has listened, subscribed, and shared my podcast. I really do appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great night. And if you are new to my podcast, welcome. And once again, guys, have a great night. Thanks.